Welcome everyone to the Ovei Torah Daf Yomi Shur. Today's Shur is Daf Nun Dalad. We'll be we'll be finishing Perek Nalash and Tzpatat Bezat Hashem today. We're starting at the bottom of Nun Gimel Amud Bet. Bayir Bilazar. Bilazar asked the following question. We know the halacha is that the daughter has the right. The daughter has the right to. Um, stay in her dead father's house until she gets married. Any daughter that comes from the... from In, in the Kedubah, it's written that any daughter that's born from the lady has the right to stay in the father's... Even if the father dies, she has the right to stay in until she gets married. So Rabbi Azai asked the question, let's say a person marries a girl who, he's allowed to marry her, but it's a sur to marry her. Right? We had in, in Mesechi Yevamot. So the question is, Yesh Lamizonot. Do we say that she has the right to get food from the father? Or Yenlamizonot. Or maybe she doesn't have the right to have food. Okay? Sorry, we're talking about Mizonot here for the daughter, right? Yeah. Says the Gemara. Kevin the Letla Ketuba. Do we say, since this girl, the mother, was not supposed to marry her, so the Chachamim never said that she has to have a Ketubah, and one of the conditions of the Ketubah is that the daughters have the right to get food. And therefore, since since she has no Ketubah, these daughters will not have the right to have food. Or Dilma, or maybe, Which part of the Ketubah did we knock out? The part that benefits the mother, because since she's doing a sin by marrying this guy, she's going against the Rabbanan by marrying this guy. What guy she married? She married someone who's not, who's related, to, related to her in a way that the Chachamim said it's asur to marry her, but Medoraita you're allowed to marry her. Okay, so do we say, well, she, so, since she doesn't get a ketubah, so neither does the daughter get food? Or we say, well, no, that's we we, we take away the things. That are punishing her. What do we do? What the daughter do? Why should the rabbis punish the daughter? She just the daughter's just born, so maybe the daughter should get should get the right to mizunot till till she gets married. Answer the Gemara says tiku. We do not have the answer to this question. Okay, leave it to Eliyahu. Another question. Bat arusa. Guy has relations with his arusa. He's not allowed. To. He has relations with his arusa in his father-in-law's house. Okay, and. He has a daughter. Okay. She gets she got pregnant without him marrying her. Okay. And then he died. Okay. And he has sons from a previous marriage. So the sons are really going to inherit all his money. Not the daughter. Because if he only had this daughter, she'd inherit all the money. But now he has sons, so they're going to inherit all the money. And she would normally have the right to Mizonot until she gets married. She has the right to, uh, you know, a credit card bill until she's married. But the question is, um, does she have not in this case? Because do we say since there is as a kitubah, it so then she gets the money, right? She, the mother has a kitubah, so she has money. Or Since the rabbis don't want the kitubah to work until the time of Nisuin, because normally you're not having relations until the time of Nisuin, so the rabbis didn't make it work. So therefore, yeah, you have a kitubah, but it didn't click in yet. And therefore, maybe she doesn't get, is it not? 
tiku. Where is the tiku on this also? Next case. By your papa. Your papa has a question this time. Bat anusa. A guy who forces a lady to have relations. Okay? And he has a daughter. Then he marries her. Now the rule is, if you force a girl to have relations, often the Torah makes you marry her and not divorce her. Okay? That's al Okay? So now he, ha- he forced her relations. Then they made him marry her. She marries her. He had a daughter. Okay? Now, he dies. Now, do we say, does she have his or not? So now, according to Yosef Yehuda, she's fully married, she's fully married, but there's a question. Because over there, the girl paid 100 shekel knas. So some say that there's a machloket. According to Yosef Yehuda, she still gets a ketubah. He holds Yosef Yehuda, she gets a ketubah mana. He says that she gets 100 ketubah. And therefore, since she has a ketubah, so of course the daughter is going to be entitled to Mizanot, obviously. But according to Rabbanan, the question is according to Rabbanan, the Ami who say, they say that once she gets the ketubah, she gets the knas, her father got the knas, and she doesn't, doesn't get a ketubah. Right? So the question is, my. We say, Kevin, let the ketubah, let the, let, let the Mizanot. We say, maybe she has no ketubah, so she gets no Mizanot. Or do we say, ketubah time, am I? Why don't we give her a ketubah? The reason why we don't we normally give a ketubah to a woman is in order that it shouldn't be easy to get rid of her. But this girl, they can't get rid of her, right? But still, she should get the tanai ketubah. The daughter should get the should get the mizanot. You understand? Oh, could be according to everyone who say who say that there's no ketubah. The question is. Do we say, oh, no ketubah? Okay, so no, then the daughter gets nothing. Or do we say, no ketubah means that we don't, we don't have to worry that she's going to get divorced because the husband's not allowed to divorce her. When the person forced her to have relations, then afterwards he's not allowed to divorce her. So therefore, the rabbis didn't make a ketubah because why should they put a ketubah? Because anyway, he can't, he can't, not going to divorce her at all. The whole point of ketubah is to make it that, that a husband... Oh, he can't divorce her. He can't divorce her at all. So the rabbi said, no ketubah. But they only get rid of the ketubah part of divorcing, but not the part of giving the daughter mizanot, right. and therefore she should get. You got it? Okay, got it yeah. Tiku. We don't have an answer to that one also. Okay? Are you with me on all these things yeah, or no? I got this here. Okay, good. Okay, the Mishnah had said that the, the widow herself has the right to stay in the husband's house until she, unless she gets, as long as she's still a widow. Okay? Yeah. Now. When we say you have the right to stay in my house, that's assuming that he has a normal house. But if he has a bikti, which is only a like a hut, right? Where there's not enough room for him to sit, for her to live with the with the inheritors, then they don't have to let us stay there. Because if he only the guy didn't leave enough money for a regular house, then they could say, No, there's no room for you, you can't stay. Okay? But when it comes to Parnassah, that they get regardless. That is according to Rabbi Yosef's writer. More Barabashi Amad. If you left a small house, you also don't get Mizanot either. You know why? Because once you got rid of the thing that you're in the house, then you don't get Mizanot either. That's what he said. We don't hold like more Barabashi, rather, we hold like the original writer that she does get Mizanot. Okay? New question. According to Nachman Mashmul, he says that if someone, if they went to her 
and they told her to get married. And she said, okay, I'll get married. At that point, she has no mezonot. Because she's not an almana anymore. She's not acting like an almana anymore. She's ready to get married. Okay, that's according to Rav Nachman. Halon et baisab now. It sounds like that. Halon et baisab. But if she didn't agree to get married, then she still has mezonot. Even though the guy that she, she said no to, maybe she just didn't like this guy, but if there's a better guy, she'd take him. So, is that what you're saying? If she says, I don't want to get married because I miss my husband, I don't want to go to anyone else, then she gets misunderstood. But if she says, offer me these guys, they're not my type of guys, then she's already on the program to leave, then then she doesn't get misunderstood. That's how Rav Anand is explaining it. He's explaining it depends on her attitude. Is her attitude, I'm never, I'm, I'm as as I can't take anyone else. Then you get misunderstood. If your attitude is, this is not my guy, then that means your, 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 your mind is out, then you lose it. Okay? If she did zinut, she loses her misunderstood also. Okay? Okay? If she puts on makeup, Meaning, she's getting all ready to, to to try to be on the market. Okay. Now, the one who said that the woman who sinned doesn't get mizanot, right? Definitely. Now, because the, the the one who sinned doesn't mean that she doesn't want to stay, right? But def- certainly, if she she puts on makeup, she has no mizanot. But the one who says makeup might say that the one who sinned might get misunderstood. You know why? Because even though she sinned, that's because she 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 had Yitzhara, so she sinned. That doesn't mean that she still does, doesn't have in mind to stay with the husband's thing. You understand? So, so in a way, the fact that she's getting dressed up shows that her mind is she wants out. As opposed to uh, sinning, where... Listen, she, it's worse. Technically, it's a worse thing to. Not, we're, not, we're, not, we're not judging you in Shemai here. We're judging whether or not you're still called a widow in your husband's house. Yeah. Know, what, a girl who sinned might still be a widow in the husband's house. But a girl who's getting made up, according to this, is not called a, a widow in the husband's house. She's a single girl in the market. Okay? Now, that's all according to Abchista. But the Gemara ends off saying, We don't hold like any of these things. Rather, you don't get you have a, you have mezonot until you go to betin and demand your kitubah. But all the other things that you do don't make you lose your mezonot. Okay. Then she's showing she she's leaving. She's out. Is that true that a girl who demands a kitubah doesn't get doesn't get mezonot? The three case, the writer brings three cases that you don't get a kitubah, that you don't lose mezonot. Number one, if she sells her kitubah right to somebody else. Okay. Number two, if she gives her kitubah as collateral for a loan she's taking. And the third one is if. She tells uh, another guy that this 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 kitubah karka is going to be a 
is going to be where he's going to collect the money from from a loan. She gives it as much as collection for a loan, and all those things she's using it to buy. Those girls have no mizunot. Honey, in these case, she doesn't get mizunot. Aval tobat, but if she claimed it and didn't get it yet, it sounds like she does get it, right? Says the Gemara, no. Honey, ben bebetin, ben shlobetin, tabat bebetin, in shlobetin lo. When we said these three cases, because those cases doesn't make them where she does it. In Betin or not in Betin. Those, okay. she loses it. Demanding Ketubah, it depends where she's demanding it. If she demands it by, uh, on the table, you know what, I'm taking my Ketubah. That doesn't work. That's why it says Tabat Betin. Good? Okay. Okay. We said in the Mishnah that the people of should we used to write in the Ketubah, that you could sit in my house as long as you're a Amona, Amona. In Galil, they would say the same as Yushalayim, but in Yehuda, they would write until, they, would, they wouldn't write as long as you're a widow, they would write until the inheritors give you your money, which make it sound like it's up to the inheritors to decide when she has to leave. You got it? Mm-hmm. According to Yushalayim and Galil, it's up to her, seemingly. According to the, the text of the people in Yehuda, it's until they pay you. You have the right to stay in my house until they pay you the ketubah money. Mm-hmm. Implying that once they pay you, you, you goodbye. Okay? Why would you do that? It's, it's a different, different version of the ketubah. Well, technically, it's not so bad for the girl. If the ketubah is high enough. Okay, you know what I'm saying? If the Ketubah is a million dollars, right? So the heirs inherit three million dollars. They don't want to pay them one million dollars. She doesn't ask for Ketubah. Okay, give her, give her a credit card. Let her, pay, let her spend two thousand dollars a month. What do we care? We have all the money in the account. We'll deal with it. Now, when the heirs, well, heirs want to pay, the, if she demands the Ketubah, she'll get the million dollars on the Mac. Yeah. Right? You understand? But, but uh, according to the version of Yerushalayim, she could say, listen, I'm not ready for Ketubah. I'm not interested in the money. I don't want to be on my own. I'll, I'll take my $1,000 a month and I'll see you. Right? I don't want to go anywhere. And according to Yehuda, they could say, listen, we're done, we're done with, we don't want to, we're not dealing with credit card bills. Here's a million dollars a buy. Okay? Itmar. Rav Amar Halakha Kach Yehuda. Rav says Halakha is like the people of Yehuda. Which means that they have that the, the, the heirs have the choice to pay or to, to, to pay one lump sum or slowly, and Shmuel says halacha kachikalil. He says no halacha is like galil. Bavel v'chol parduvata in Bavel and all the places around it. Nahakarav they did like Rav, which means that they 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 said it's up to the inheritors. In the Hadai v'chol parduvata in the Hadai in all the places. Nahakishmuel learned like Shmuel that uh, it's up to the girl. So different places have different minhagim. It seems like. Now here's the story. There was a story with a lazy lady who lived in Mechuza. Now Mechuza is a place right next to Babel, which means that they're following Rav, who's saying that it's up to the, the inheritors. Right? But she got married to a guy from Nahardai. Now Nahardai is the other place. Okay? They came in front of Nachman, they asked what to do. Should they follow Babel or Nardai? 
Nachman heard the woman's accent. And he said, oh, she's from Mechusa, this girl. Okay? Amalu said, Bavel, he said that in Bavel we follow Rav. But she married a girl from Naradai. Married a guy from Naradai. Rav couldn't hear the guy because the guy's dead. You understand? The guy's dead. That's why we're dealing with the Ketubah. You understand what I'm talking about? So he heard the girl's accent. Oh, we're talking about uh, a Mechusa girl. Okay. Follow, it's up to the, the, the heirs. And then they said, wait, yeah, but that's right, but she married a Naradai guy. You can't hear his accent because he's dead, but... Where did he live? Right. This one. They follow like Shmuel. And since you married a guy from Naradai, you should follow your husband's menag. Yeah. And therefore, since you follow your husband's, therefore, the halacha is that they have no right to kick her out. Right. So it's cute. They they wanted the, the, the heirs wanted to say, but she's a mechusa girl. Let's kick her out. Listen to her accent, right? And she is saying, "Listen, but my husband, I'm following my husband's menag. My husband's menag was Naidai. You following? But you see how the menag is working. It's very serious. Whether you like it or not." They couldn't kick her out because of her husband, even though she has the Mechuzah accent. Okay? Right, right, all the way through. Are you following this or no? Yeah, until she wants out. Yeah, yeah. Till what place are you called Nahardai? Where you can't kick the guy out? All the place where they measure a kav, where they use. A kav is a, where they use the pounds. A certain number of kav is like a, a, a measurement. So if they use that measurement, you're in Nahadai. If they don't use that measurement, you're in Babel. Okay? Itma, we learned. The Almana, for Almana, Rava, my Rav says, Shamin Masha'aleha. We figured out the money, the clothes that she's wearing, right? And therefore, according to Rav, he says, listen, let's say the Ketubah is a million dollars, but this guy's a big spender, and she has $100,000 worth of clothes. According to Rav, he says, listen, so deduct it. She's taking the clothes with her, right? All the clothes, okay. So we'll give you nine hundred thousand. Where's the hundred thousand? <laughs> Take a look. At the, look at all the bills. Mm, okay. If she's a big spender, then no. Well, whatever they spent, whatever the husband spent on her. Okay. Shmuel says, and she, I mean, he says, no, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't figure out the clothes. Why? Because the, husband gave, Why? Because the husband gave it to her to keep, and therefore it's a gift. But Rob says, no, I gave it to you to wear it when I'm around. You understand? Yeah, well, I got it. <laughs> and now he's dead. He doesn't want it, so therefore. Uh, Therefore, subtract it. You got it? I got it. Interesting. Amarav, hold about a bean, If you have a a guy who's a, a, a sahir, right? And he lives in uh, a guy who's hired, a hired worker. He lives in the house of the of the Balabite and he does work over there. 
And the Babai didn't say how much he's uh, he's making, right? And during the work, the guy gives him uh, he gives him clothes, right? Clothes to wear for work. And he gets to the end of the work. He's about to about to they're going to decide how much to pay. So Rav's Rav and Shmuel are going to argue about whether or not when the guy leaves we figure out how much his clothes are worth. And over there there's a, there's a flip which means that Rav says that Balabai cannot figure out the clothes. Rav by the woman said we count $100,000. By the worker he says we don't count the clothes and, Sh- and Shmuel says the worker we do count the clothes and he said you didn't buy the wor- wife. Why, why should it flip? You understand what I'm saying? Let's get following what's going on. By the worker, Rav says, you can't count the clothes. Pay him the salary without the, without the thing. You understand? And Shmuel says, no, you do count the clothes. When he said before, you don't count the clothes. By the way, why is the difference? Right? He says, buy a woman. We figure it out because we, we, we Rav says we assume the husband didn't want to give it to her if, if she's leaving him. But by a by a worker, who today here and tomorrow he's going anyway, and obviously he was leaving. Obviously, you want to give him beferush, right? Because you know that the guy's going to leave. So obviously, a gift and therefore don't count it. Therefore, don't count it. And Shmuel says, no, you do count the, the clothes because only by a widow, where he's taking care of everything, so he's giving you a gift. But by a worker, it's not my job to get you dressed. Therefore, I probably mean it as a as a. As wages, and therefore you're stuck. Each one flips it. Of Kahana, Matni, Vechen Belakit. That was according to Avchia Barabin. So Avchia Barabin claims that Rav and Shumul flip by a worker. Rav Kahana learns it differently. He had a different tradition. He understood that Rav and Shumul did the same thing by workers. That Rav again said, we deduct, and Shumul says, we don't deduct by workers. So according to Rav Barabin, Rav said this by woman and flipped it by workers. According to Rav Kahana, they said the same thing by workers and by wives. So, so look at what Rav and Shmuel said. Did Rav keep the same thing by both? Or did they have a, have a reason to flip? Okay. And the way to remember it, Rav says made a siman yatma va'armala whether you're a worker or a widow shalach take off your clothes upuk and get out widow and worker take your clothes that's a way to remember that Rav says in both cases it's not yours pay for it okay deduct it even though we have a mishnah that sounds like shmuel still follows Rav. Why? What now? What Mishnah is like Shmuel? Where do you see a Mishnah that you deduct? Point this right. Where do you see a Mishnah that you deduct? That you, that you don't deduct. It's not related to the Mishnah. What if a guy says all of my stuff belong to the Beit Hamikdash? That's more a guy who says my value I'm going to give to the Beit Hamikdash and law. It's 
it says here that you don't figure out how when the guy's got, the guy says all my stuff belongs to Beit Hamikdash. Okay, now are we going to say hey, let's figure out how much? Else. So they go to the guy's house. What do you have? Car. Check. Okay, this is, the car is worth this. Estimate the car. Estimate the house. Estimate the thing. And they go to okay. Check the wife's clothes. Do we check the wife's clothes? Now the husband says, "Those are my wife's clothes. What does it do with me?" So now, if we say that it's the husband's, if according to Rav, who says we deduct it, it's the husband's clothes. Going to Shmuel, who says that we don't deduct it, means it's the wife's. Now, if, the, if we're saying we don't deduct it, that means it's the wife's. So if the Mishnah says that we don't. You don't have to pay the Beit Hamikdash for the price of your wife's clothes. That means the clothes belong to your wife. So if a Mishnah like Shmuel, right? Even the Mishnah is not talking about giving, it's deducting, but the Mishnah is talking about who owns who owns the wife's clothes. The whole machloket: who owns the wife's clothes? Is it the husband's or the wife's? I got it. You following? Yeah. Now we're gonna if it belongs to the Hamikdash and. If he said everything belongs to Beit Hamikdash, and his wife's clothes as his wife's, then right. Oh, Just because you have a mission like Shmuel, why is like Rav? Probably, the person who uh, explained the Mishnah was like Shmuel. Key. When you're looking deeply, Hilchah like Rav, Alcha is like Rav. Why? My time, what's the reason? Which means, just because the Mishnah says we don't give the money of the clothes to the Beit HaMikdash doesn't mean that it's not the wife's clothes. Really, Rav agrees that in the case of the Mishnah, it's the wife's clothes. Mm-hmm. Why? But Rav says, I gave it to the wife as long as you're in front of me. Mm-hmm. So while you're in front of me, it's yours. But when you're not in front of me, it comes back to be mine. Mm-hmm. So therefore, while you're in front of me, if I say all my stuff to I'm not doing it because it's really hers because you're still in front of me. But when you die, when the guy dies, then we can subtract it because wow. you understand. Mm-hmm. Are you following the logic or no? I, I, I so they claim just because you see that Mishnah doesn't mean nothing. Doesn't mean it's not like Rav. Really, we're not going to figure out the wife's clothes. But while she has it, while she's wearing it, for him, for him, it's hers. If you're wearing it for me, then it's yours. Once you're not wearing it for me, then it's back mine. And if we don't, you got it? I got it. Here's a story. Kalta de Eliashiv, the daughter of a guy from Eliashiv, okay? Hava katava ktubata miyatmi. She, her husband dies, this daughter in law's husband died, and she wanted to inherit, she wanted to get the ketubah money, she wants a million. Hava kamatmi lehu, the beidina. So she summoned her husband's sons to Bedin. She wants some money. Amri, so the, the husband's son said, Zila lan milta de tezli hachi. 
they said it's I that you come. We don't. We're, we're embarrassed to go to Betin with you wearing these clothes. She went and she wore all her good clothes. She came in front of Ravina. We have follow Rav who says that we take what's on you, and therefore, they, basically, they got her to wear her good clothes in order because so they, they knew that the the rabbi follows Rav. Who's going to deduct it from the bill? Okay, so they basically told her, "Well, we don't want to come with you when you're dressed like that. Come wear your nice clothes, then we'll come." And they got to deduct it. Okay. How the Amalehu? Okay, there was a guy that they told the sons, "Nedunya lebrat." Um, they told the guy before he died, they give. Um, uh, clothes and jewelry to his daughters, and he told them what to give each one of them. And it went down; the price went down. Yes. Basically, he told them to give a certain amount of of, of stuff. Let's say ten thousand dollars worth of clothes. And the, the clothes went down, and now they're only worth five. Okay? Amar of Idi Barabin. Rabinu says, no. When we say, that, upurana iliatni. He has to be, give, he says that, that, that the, the orphans get the money, which means that they, they only have to give the 5,000. Okay? Haud Amaru, there's a guy, who told when he was dying, he said the following thing. Turn the page. Four hundred zoos from the wine that I have, I want to give it to my daughter as a present. now went up. So the question was, the guy says, I want to give the four hundred zoos. I have four hundred zoos worth of wine barrels in my basement. Give it to my daughter as a as a wedding gift. Okay? But now the price of the wine went up and it's worth five hundred. Do the daughters get it, or do the do the inheritance get it? So he said no. Either way, the, it goes up to the to the to the it goes to the sons. Okay, Kirvei de Yochanan havle itat Abba. So Yochanan's relatives had their father had a wife, a, a second wife. Okay. Who ate a lot in a mizonot. Okay, which means she was a very big spender. Okay? Right? And they were worried that maybe she'll continue spending like that afterwards, right? They came in front of Yochanan. They told him, Go tell your father that he should set, set aside a certain uh, piece of land for a mizonot. Right, and if he does that, then uh, you don't have to worry about it, right? Because you only get because she'll only be able to use that land, the profits of the land. That's it. Set aside land. After their father died, they went in front of Rish Lakish. Right, Amalu told him, "Call Shikin Shirivala, the Mizonot."
So, Rish Lakish, who's Rabbi Yochanan's brother-in-law, after Rabbi Yochanan died, Rish Lakish said, no, I work on the night. Sorry, you're still alive. But um, how are you? Good to see you. Me too. still alive. But they went. The, the actual judgment wasn't in front of their uncle. They made a judgment in front of their in front of their father. They went in judgment in front of their uncle, right? And the uncle told them, "Listen, the, the fact that you set aside property for the for the mizanot is very nice, but they also want to give mizanot besides the property." Okay, I'm there. didn't say that. So they told him, what do you mean, Reuchon didn't say that? Reuchon said that that's all they get. Amalul told him, Zilu Havalu, go give her the money. And if you don't give her the money, I'm going to pull out Rabbi Yochanan's words out of your ears. They went to Rabbi Yochanan. Amalul, they told him, What can I do? Rabbi Shakish argues with me. And therefore, He's allowed to argue with me, and therefore you're allowed to follow him. And they're stuck. So, so it didn't work out. It was a nice plan, didn't work out, and the big spenders allowed to continue spending. Wow. Okay? I'm assuming that they lived in a town where they can't just pay the kitubah. Because in the other towns, it's up to, it's up to them, right? I'm going to be a boo. I understood Rabbi Yochanan. If he says, I'm doing it for the mizonot. That means you're adding mizonot. Amar bimizonot. If you say take the land for the mizonot, then he means that you only get that and not, not the mizonot. So the question, the question is, what does the guy mean when he sets aside the, the property? Does he mean in addition? Or does he mean in, in lieu of, instead of? Okay? Okay, we're up to the new Mishnah. Let's do the Mishnah. And then we'll leave the Gemara for tomorrow. Okay? So the Gemara, says the Mishnah, fifth Perek, Adonah, even though the rabbis said that a, a girl's first time marriage is 200 and a widow is 100, even if he wants to add 100,000, he could add it. Okay. Now, let's say the guy added to the Ketubah and then she became either widowed or divorced, whether from Erosim or whether from Nazim, then she gets everything. She gets all the money. That's it. Meaning, if a guy added $100,000 to be nice to the girl, then she gets the money, even if she's widowed, only from Erosim, not from full, full marriage. She still gets the money. Or divorced, she gets the money. That's according to Tanakama. So if they're fully married, of course she gets the 100,000. But if they're only partially married, only routine, then you only get the basic 100, 200. You don't get the full 100,000. According to Okay? Why? The reason why he wrote it is because he wants to marry her. He didn't write the, that extra stuff just to get engaged to her. So if she, he has to divorce her now, he doesn't mean to give her the money. And therefore, she doesn't get the money, according to Mizam Nazir. You with me or no? I... No. Listen. Again. Ruvain goes over to Gertrude. Yeah, you want to marry me? I don't know. I'm not into Ruvains. I'm really into other people. You don't look like my dead guy. I'll give you a suma of $100,000. You only have to give her two hundred. I'm giving you $100,000. Okay. $100,000. Okay, I'm in. Okay, she marries. Okay. She, she marries him. So now, let, if they get fully, fully married, everyone agrees she gets $100,000, of course. The, the machloket is what if they get only partially married, which means only kiddushin, no nisuin, and then either he dies or he divorces her. Ah, uh, 
You got it? So, Tanakama says, what's the difference? Either way, she gets $100,000. That's the deal. Rebbe Zemana says, no, I only bought $100,000 in order to marry you, in order to fully marry you. And when I'm not fully marrying you, so you're not entitled to the money. You get the 200 and that's it. The 200 and I'll see you. Because we didn't get fully married. So she gets... 200. It's just just plain 200 and that's it. That's it. Okay? Like the, the, the base. She gets to the base. No no, no no additions. You got it? I got it. Okay. So the base is always 200. Ba- base for, for unmarried girls is always 200. For a, married, for a widow is, is 100. Okay? Now... Rebida says, if she wants, if he, the husband doesn't want to have 200. Let's say the husband's a very, very poor guy. He doesn't want to have a, I'm not, I'll marry the girl, but I'm not willing to give her $200 uh, ketubah. Now, you're not going to get married without 200. That's the base. But what, he doesn't want to get married. He doesn't want to do it. He's very, very poor. He doesn't want to have a $200 document out on him. So what do you do? He goes to the unmarried girl, writes her a 201. Okay? And he could, she could write back to him. Here's a receipt. I accepted a hundred from you. <laughs> this way, oh, she knocks out. She's knocking out. I, I followed the chachamim. I wrote a two hundred kitubah, but she gave back a receipt. So therefore, he doesn't have to pay because he could use the receipt. He said, "Listen, I paid already up to hundred. Here's, here's my. I'm giving you hundred. Okay. Uh, and for an almana, which minimum minimum is a hundred. She could write a receipt for fifty. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah, that's according to the Buddha. The mayor disagrees, and he says, if you're ever with a wife, have a wife, and she doesn't have a two hundred kitubah on you, every time you have relations with her, it's zinut. It's a sin. Oh wow! And therefore, no, you can't give any receipts. <laughs> so there's no loopholes. Right. Okay, we're going to stop over here. Baruch Adonai, Amen, Amen.